This podcast is a production of Schweitzer, a United Methodist Church, transforming lives by making disciples of Jesus Christ. Involved with the First Impressions Ministry because I've always had a passion for people. I think the first people that um, you see when you walk in the door represent the personality and the spirit of the church. I already attended service. This was one of the ways that while I was here I could provide um, my time and energy in a productive and positive manner. When people walk up to me and shake my hand while I'm holding the door and uh, act like they're happy to be here and the smile on their face uh, is very rewarding and uh, uh, it's great to serve in that capacity. I notice that people need someone to talk to most of the time, whether it's just a simple hello, good morning, it makes people feel good. Being a greeter, you can put a smile on people's face and it just sets the tone, I think, for their experience here. This is one of the easiest ways that you can participate in the ministry of our church. We're one of the few people that they see prior to walking into service. So sometimes it helps transition from the hectic schedule of getting everybody ready to go to church and transitioning into the church environment and into the service itself. To just be friendly and say hello, good morning, it doesn't require a whole lot of time. It sure doesn't require any preparation on your part. And it serves a very important role in what we do around here. Just to take the time to say, hey, we care that you're here, could set them up for a successful day. So why don't we all do that? For those of you wanting to get more involved in the First Impressions Ministry, contact me. I'll get you plugged in and we'll get you going. How many of you feel like you're a friendly person? Yeah, some, some are, yeah, okay. First Impressions is one of those ministries that you can involve yourself in such a way that it doesn't take a lot of time. It's not a huge time commitment. You can do this maybe once a month or so. But it's really important to be able to make people feel welcome, to, to have a smile, to have a greeting, to have a way of just connecting with people and helping them feel at home. So if that describes you, that's one of those examples of how you can serve at Schweitzer. We are talking these Sundays about serving. We're talking last week about how the big why of serving is Jesus. That Jesus, in his own words, said, I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve and to give my life a ransom for many. And so as Christians, as Christ followers, we want to be like Jesus. And so we believe that everyone, everyone gets to serve. Now today we're talking about the role, finding our role, our place of serving. Today the message is going to be in two parts. The last part we're going to talk specifically about ways in which you can connect in a ministry at Schweitzer. But the first part is really kind of taking the balcony view. It's stepping back and regardless of what you do for a living, 
whatever your vocation is, I would invite you right now to put that hat on. So if you are like a full-time student, and that's where you spend most of your time, put that hat on. If you are working in a particular vocation, if you have a job that you report into, wear that hat right now. Because what we're talking about today is not simply about serving in the church. It's a philosophy. It's an attitude. It's a spirit. Okay? Got it? Let's go. There's a CEO that sat down at table across new employees at an orientation. And the CEO said to the new employees... I am the CEO and I am important. Now, what would you be thinking right now about the CEO? You might be thinking, what a, what a jerk. You might be thinking, well, wow, why, why did I sign up for this? But he doesn't end his statement there. He continues. He says, I'm the CEO, I am important, and so are you. What if every place that we showed up for work, what if every organization in which we were a part of, church included, had this culture, this understanding, I'm important, and so are you. Everybody is important. Adam Grant is uh, one of the youngest tenured professors at Wharton University. And at Wharton, he has written a book, Give and Take, And in that book, he shares research about three different kinds of people in life, in the workplace, in any organization. According to Grant, he says there are, first, there's the takers. Takers are those people whose signature is, what's in it for me? What can I get out of this? Takers, uh, garden-style type of takers, aren't necessarily cutthroat but they're always going to be self-protective. It's always about what can I get out of it in this dog-eat-dog kind of world. There's takers. There's takers in any organization. He also says there's givers. There's people who, unlike takers, who are self-focused, are other-focused. They're always generous with their time, their energy. They are willing to share their ideas. They're givers. They're here to help other people succeed as much, if not more so, than them, their own selves. So there's, there's givers. And then he says there's a third type of an individual or a person, and they are the matchers. And this characterizes the most people. You might think of a matcher as tit for tat, but... Essentially, it's the idea that I want to offer you favors, and I hope that I can receive favors in return. Not necessarily under the table, but above board. That I want to be able to bless you and help you to succeed, as well as I I need your help as well. Now, when you think about that, which style best describes you in your workplace? in your everyday life. Are you more of a taker, a giver, or a matcher? If you want to, you can go to giveandtake.com and you can uh, take a survey on yourself. Now, I want us to step back a little bit and, and realize that there's not that much difference in the research in the business world today and what we find in the Bible. There's not that much difference in terms of what Adam Grant is saying and what the Apostle Paul 
is saying in the scripture that we're going to read today from 1 Corinthians 12, the message. As we get ready to read this, Paul, he's talking to those early Christ followers. He's speaking to us and he's likening the church to like a human body. And he's saying just as a human body is interdependent, every member is important, so it is with us. So it is in business, so it is in church, so it is in everyday life. So let's, let's look at these words together. 1 Corinthians 12, beginning with verse 14. I want you to think about how all this makes you more significant, not less. A body isn't just a single part blown up into something huge. It's all different, but similar parts arranged and functioning together. If foot said, I'm not elegant like hand, embellished with rings, I guess I don't belong to this body, would that make it so? If ear said, I'm not beautiful like eye, limpid and expressive, I don't deserve a place on the head, Would you want to remove it from the body? If the body was all eye, how could it hear? If all ear, how could it smell? As it is, we see that God has carefully placed each part of the body right where He wanted it. Now, the Scripture is telling us, for one thing, we can't demean ourselves. None of us in this room at Renovate, watching online, can be thinking, I don't have anything to offer. I'm not important. That not only demeans us, it demeans the Creator. What the Scripture is saying is, everyone is important. But notice the next verse. It also says, but I also want you to think about how this keeps your significance from getting blown up into self-importance. I love the way the Scripture balances things. On the one hand, you don't diminish yourself, you don't despise yourself, you don't belittle yourself, but you're also not full of yourself and your own self-importance. For no matter how significant you are, it is only because of what you are a part of. An enormous eye or a gigantic hand wouldn't be a body but a monster. What if we have one body with many parts? each its proper size and its proper place. No part is important on its own. No part is important on its own. Can you imagine eye telling hand, get lost, I don't need you? Or head telling foot, you're fired, your job has been phased out. As a matter of fact, in practice, it works the other way. The lower the part, the more basic and therefore necessary. You can live without an eye, for instance but not without a stomach. When a part of your own body you are concerned with, it makes no difference whether the part is visible or clothed, higher or lower. You give dignity and honor just as it is without comparisons. If anything, you have more concern for the lower parts than the higher. If you had to choose, wouldn't you prefer good digestion to full-bodied hair? Well, let me think about that just for a moment. The way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. 
Every part depended upon every other part. The parts we mention and the parts we don't. The parts we see and the parts we don't. If one part hurts, every other part is involved in the hurt. And in the healing, if one part flourishes, every other part enters into the exuberance. You are Christ's body. You are Christ's body. That's who you are. You must never forget this. If you only accept your part of that body, does your part mean anything? Scripture and the business world, Adam Grant and the Apostle Paul are essentially saying the same thing. Everyone's important. Everyone matters. And so I want to go back to three things that Adam Grant says in his book, Give and Take, that parallels exactly the Scripture that we just read. Grant and Paul are saying the same thing. The first thing they say is, you've got to get the takers off the bus. Now, this may seem very harsh, but it is deadly to your organization. It is deadly to your business. It is deadly to the church. If any taker, a person that takes and takes and takes, at the expense of other people, is given an area of responsibility. That's deadly. You can't afford to put takers in any seat of responsibility. The Apostle Paul says this. The Apostle Paul says that every part is interdependent upon the other parts. Second thing, redefine giving. You know, um, if your business, if your company, if your school, if where you work is like where I work, it's crazy busy. I've never found it more crazy busy, wonderfully, but crazy than it is right now at Schweitzer. And one of the things that we are wanting to adopt and one of the things we're wanting to speak into our culture and one of the things that I think our staff is really good at because I see so many members of our staff helping each other out is is to do the, the five-minute favor. The five-minute favor says, okay, I am, I am maxed out on stuff, but what I want to do is I want to help my colleague, I want to help my coworker, and I want to give them five minutes when they need that. It might be a listening ear. For five minutes. It might be speaking a word of encouragement. It might be something that is a task that's got to be done. It's got to be, it's crunch time. It's got to be finished in 15 minutes. Let's go alongside and let's help this person out. Yesterday we had a celebration of life service for Christina Harder, a 17-year-old senior at Rogersville High School. And I read note after note after note after note of her students remembering her. And the thing that they kept saying about her was, it was her smile. It was her word of encouragement, whether they were running, whether they were doing FFA, whether they were in school, whether they were working at McDonald's. It was her encouragement. It was her smile. It was the five-minute favor. And so if, if we could all help protect those people who are givers to the point of their detriment, and some people are being abused as givers, and we all adopted a five-minute favor. If we redefine giving in that way, how powerful would that be? There's a third thing that Adam Grant says. And 
He says it's encouraging help-seeking. This is where I struggle the most. Uh, we had someone that described the three pastors this week and how that we asked for help. And I was told that I ask only when I'm in a pickle. That's probably true. As my personality, I struggle with asking for help. I've got to learn to do the ask. Could you help me understand this new technology? Could you help me here? I mean, I'm over my head here. What is it that you need help with? You know, there's a difference between a taker and a receiver. And those of us who are A-type personalities, those of us who can err on the side of personal pride, we may have to swallow hard, but there is not a single person in your organization, in your business, in your life, including you and me, that doesn't need to learn how to ask for help. Now, this morning, I want to do the ask. And what I want to do is, if you are someone that is a beneficiary of Schweitzer, the ask that I'm asking you to do is to find your place of ministry in this church. I'm asking you to serve. Many of you already are. And what I want to do right now is to invite you to look at the front of your Pray, Study, Grow. And what we call, at the top of that pamphlet, is the serve gap. The serve gap understands that there are people who want to serve. We believe that most people, 90-some percent of people, want to serve. They have passion. They have gifts. I am so excited about what Bob and Karma are doing, our newest members who are leading a card ministry, a note ministry. And it's, it's one of those things that people who may be slowing down in life, who have some limitations in life, they can do that. The idea is that we have all kinds of different people in all kinds of different seasons in life, and we have all kinds of opportunities to serve. And it would be crazy of us, wouldn't it, at Schweitzer, to say, you know what, we want you all to be doing the same thing. Or we think that all of you can serve uh, five hours a week. Well, that's, that's crazy because we are in different seasons in life. And what we've done on this Pray, Study, Grow cover is that we've listed some of the basic different seasons of life. I had someone that just recently is retiring, and he said to me, I am retiring and refiring. I love that. Because when you go into retirement, you look for new ways of investing yourself. So he's retiring and he's refiring. There are some people, though, that are working a job and going to school at the same time. They're going to have less hours to give. There are some people, your employment takes you out of... I've got a plane pilot over there. You, you fly a lot, don't you? You're out of town a lot. There's those kind of situations where people, bless their hearts, you're just gone a lot. We recognize that. There's parents with young children. You've got your energy zapped. You've got your hands full. There's the business owner that's working 60, 70, 80 hours a week. That's, that's kind of crazy, isn't it? You don't have that many hours. There's those who are temporarily out of commission. By that I mean, I think all of us in life have a few times when we just can't do it. I want to give you a permission to step back and breathe and take a sabbatical from serving. Notice the word is temporary. Slowing down. Some of us don't have the energy that we used to have. But some of us are looking for something new or re-engaging. So the idea is that 
on one side of the column, you have different life seasons. On the other side, you have different opportunities. And what we place under those different opportunities are the major headings of ministries that we offer here at Schweitzer where many, many people, hundreds of people can serve. Pittman School, worship and music, kids and youth, breakthrough prayer, missional teams, transformation hub, which is a ministry that includes jobs for life, our food pantry, our garden, media ministries, first impressions. You saw that video earlier. Friends Against Hunger and other opportunities. You'll find that the brochure that you were handed this morning, those headings match the headings in this brochure. And here's my ask. What I'm asking you to do is to take this brochure home with you and to look it over, to think and to pray about your life season. Don't apologize for your life season. It is what it is. You may have a lot of time to offer. You may have a very minimal amount of time to offer. But we believe there's enough diversity in the opportunities that you will find a place where you can match up your life season and you can serve your gifts, your talents, your abilities, your passion can go to work through this church. Would you do that? The dotted lines on the Pray, Study, Grow are descriptive. They're not prescriptive. We're not suggesting that's the place where you might match up. But it's an illustration that we're inviting everyone, you, to find your place to serve. Why do we do this? Because everyone's important. Because every role is important. You know... Uh, as the leader of the church, I may not show up some Sunday. Uh, they might miss me, but on most days, if I'm not here, I'm not missed. But the person that's cooking in the preschool or the person that's checking in the kids, they are essential to what's going on. Every role, every part of the ministry matters. Would you be a part of that? Now, in this series, we want to show you some bro some videos. We've seen the first impressions video. I invite you now to take a look at the media ministry video. Maybe this is something you want to check out as a way to serve. Let's watch. getting involved with the media ministry is many, many years ago. My wife was part of the Chance of Choir, and I sat by myself on Sunday mornings and was kind of looking for something to do. So while she was serving in the Chance of Choir, I'd have something to occupy my time. And at the time, we were launching a new media ministry, and I volunteered to be a camera operator. And it was something like, hey, I can try it. Give me a chance to try it. Turned out that I liked it. I got into the media ministry running soundboard for the previous media director. He taught me how to run the soundboard up in the youth room, and I ended up volunteering most Wednesdays to run the soundboard. After that, it turned into the youth announcements, which I was taught to run the camera for and to edit the video for. Since then, I've done a variety of different jobs, from editing video to running, running slides and sound on Sunday morning. Uh, I've helped out at different events, shooting video, operating different cameras. The most 
Rewarding experiences were with the youth announcement videos. It was really fun to make them entertaining and after editing them for a long time and then showing them in front of everyone, having people laugh at them and just generally enjoying the videos that I helped create was just really fun. It's finding the different talents that you have and using them to help other people out and that's what we're trying to do here. And if you think you've got any talent or interest in the media ministry, it's a great opportunity to get involved and help people have a much deeper, richer worship experience, help them further along in their walk, spiritual walk, as they try to discern what they want to do, and help people grow closer to God in the process. If you'd like to get involved in the media ministry, we would love to have you. Just contact me, Taylor Likes, and I will get you plugged in. So you'll see that there's four different ways in which you can serve in the media ministry. Now, there's one more video I want to show you this morning, and it's Friends Against Hunger. Friends Against Hunger is really designed for people who want to make an impact in the world, and you can only give a couple hours of your time. Friends Against Hunger is an amazing organization where on a weekend upcoming, on a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, in Springfield at the Expo Center, there will be a million meals packaged a million meals let's watch this video and I started Friends Against Hunger about eight years ago. As you read through the Bible, you realize that Jesus is very specific that we're to care for the hungry, the poor, and the widows. We thought this is what um, God directed us to do, to start a mission to feed the poor. In Matthew 25, 26, Jesus says, you know, when you've done this to the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. It's a great way of serving him, serving the Lord, and also serving people who are in dire need. I got involved in Friends Against Hunger when it was a few years ago in a, a little building and it was just a fun activity that I thought it would be cool to hang out with family and experience something I've never done before. This September 11th, 12th and 13th we are going to package one million meals. During our event we'll package two different formula meals. One is a macaroni and cheese meal and the other is a rice and bean meal. Both of them are enriched with protein. The rice and bean meal is a vegetarian meal that's gluten-free and accepted around the world. The macaroni and cheese meals are mainly for the U.S. because we like our macaroni and cheese. It's a chance to change lives and to, to make uh, a real impact locally and globally. And we encourage you to come and support Friends Against Hunger. It was a great experience, a bonding time, and fantastic to see everybody's faces having fun and loving what they were doing. If you are interested in, in working with us, on Saturday we have a two-hour slot uh, from 10 o'clock to 12. Uh, you can contact Molly or me, or you could uh, go to the website uh, fahunger.org and sign up there, or on the bulletin on one of the checkoff boxes when it comes up check off on the box and we'd love to have you work with us.
know I look forward every year to uh, spending just a couple hours at the Expo Center. And so this year, it's September 12th. It's a Saturday morning, 10 to 12. If you know that you're available that day, you can check that box this morning. And you will get a follow-up email that gives you all the instructions about the process that you will need. So what have we talked about this morning? We've talked about the reality that everyone's important. We've talked about the, the fact that there's three different kinds of individuals in the world. There's takers, there's givers, and there's matchers. We talked about how that in the body of Christ, we are all interdependent upon each other. When one member suffers, we all suffer. When one flourishes, we all flourish. And every single part of the body is important. And we've talked about how that, you know, in the church and in any organization, we don't need takers. We're not doing takers any favor by reinforcing a behavior where I'm just there to take and take and take. That doesn't help anyone. And that's not being kind to the taker. We talked about the importance of redefining giving and finding those five minutes of favors in the midst of our busy life. And we've talked about Schweitzer. We've talked about the ways in which we can ask for help, and I'm doing the ask today. I'm asking for your help in your way of serving within the body of Christ. As our band comes up to lead us in some closing worship, I want to invite you to take your a look at this bulletin, and you'll notice that the three videos that we have seen today match what has been in our bulletin. If you today are aware that you want to serve in a first impression ministry, you can find one of those six boxes, one of those six areas, and just check that box right now. If you want to serve in the Friends Against Hunger Day on September 12th from 10 to 12, you can check that box right now. If you want to serve in a media ministry and want to learn more about how to help with this important ministry, you can check that corresponding box, one of those four areas right now. And you can take this tear-off slip and you can place it in the offering bag in just a moment. Every one of us gets to serve and every one of us gets to give. God is the giver. We're the receiver. And we're the one that's privileged to pay it on and pass it on. I want to thank you for the ways in which you're serving at Schweitzer. And I want to thank you for your giving and your generosity as we continue to do the ministries and the work of Jesus in this church. God bless you. And as the ushers come, let's continue our worship together.